Hi friends, Owen Locke and Rick Talley here from Locke & Company Distilling. First off, we'd like to thank Sam and Jay at Unfiltered Podcasts for all they do in our industry, community, and more importantly, it's just good to work with great guys like them. Owen and I are Colorado natives. We've spent more than a decade perfecting our Aspenage rye whiskey, and we think it's well worth the wait. Rye whiskey usually isn't for the faint of heart, but we have to say this is hands down some of the smoothest rye on the market. That comes from our 95% rye, 5% barley mash bill and our unique aging process. We age our whiskey in smaller 30 gallon barrels for a minimum of two years. And then we finish the rye by adding hand cut and hand charred aspen discs harvested from our family property outside of Fair Play, Colorado. This artisanal process produces an extremely smooth rye with notes of light brown sugar, cinnamon to balance the spiciness of the rye grain truly delivering a taste like none other. So if you enjoy gold medal winning spirits, want to support small business, please consider making Lock & Co. Aspenage Rye Whiskey your next purchase. You can find our Aspenage Rye Whiskey at many bars and restaurants and most liquor stores on the front range and throughout Colorado. Check us out at lockandcodistilling.com. That's L-O-C-K-E at lockandcodistilling.com. Cheers from Rick and Owen. Now, to be clear, we prefer drinking to celebrate and not as a treatment for the pains of being an adult, which is why we appreciate the real estate services of our pal, Brian Campbell, because Brian knows how to handle the intricacies of residential and commercial real estate and keep us from imbibing in vain. You see, Brian is a member of the Colwell Banker Denver West team and has been in real estate for over two decades and has worked with hundreds of clients who've bought and sold homes and commercial properties all across the Denver metro area. And aside from openly admitting to being a friend of the podcast, he knows what he's doing. So if you're ready to sell or looking to buy anywhere around the area and keep enjoying craft beer just for the fun of it, give Brian a call at 720-217-9435 or leave him a message at your5280broker.com. That's your5280broker.com. And when you reach out, don't forget to ask him about the $1,000 off closing costs and no-cost one-year home warranty. Um, nothing, like, nothing like hitting record when the fire department Perfect. pulls up. My gosh. People like will that. know we're back just yeah. by the chaos <laughs> that is this. Legit. This, uh, uh, we'll catch up. There's a cat stuck in a tree. There's no way there's a traffic accident. Oh, Nobody's look, on the roads. fresh material. My God. Uh, uh, <laughs> Today we are at our good friend Willie Trittner's uh, spot, Zuni Street Brewing Company. Willie's not here. I have not seen nor smelled him. But, are you sure uh, he's not here? I thought I saw uh, his truck out front. It may be. He may be in the basement. He's he hiding. does a lot of stuff down Damn. there. Yeah, we got to you know say hi before he moves because aren't they still doing? He's that? already moved. They've already moved. Gonzo. So they sold in, the house, living in Crested Butte permanently. They opened up a second location in Crested Butte. Yeah. Listen to the podcast this oh. morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so at I'm least you picked up. a good Why episode. Why would you do that? Yeah. Gosh, you're gonna. Uh, I know. I got one of those texts last week from an adult that was like, "Hey, I just listened to five year episodes," and I was like, "Oh, whoops, sorry." Yeah. All right, we're grown ups now, yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've got a very special guest because uh, we talk to brewers usually, we talk to people in the industry, but uh, we're talking to a kindred kindred spirit, at least with me, and that uh, a fellow academic who does craft beer research. So could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name's Katie Schwent. I, as of right now, live in Marino. 
Um, I'm moving to North Carolina for my first professor job here soon. Wow. So Could we have timed this interview any better? I know. It's great. Like, <laughs> she's leaving in a week, right? You're leaving yeah. soon. Next week, yeah. Okay. Right on. Well, so thank aspiring you. aspiring academic. I don't know if I'm a kindred spirit You finished your dissertation. <laughs> That's did. the hardest part. I did. Check mark done. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm not even close to finishing mine. No. But you got that degree, homie. You got it. <laughs> so you went to CU Boulder, though. Yeah. Yep, okay. that's where I got my PhD. And then I went to DU. That's where I got my master's. What did you get your master's in? Uh, media, film, and journalism studies. So. so you were like out there on the island, right? Off university. And what's that cross street over by? Evans? No. Well, you were down like, wasn't there? Oh, like in that building. Like building. a satellite yeah. campus? No, it's no, like, it's, it's over by the rector. Is the rectory over it's like, is Harvard the yes. road? It's something like yes. that. Or by the Pioneer, like the yeah. real party. Oh, now you're place. speaking my language. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the bar. <laughs> by the Pioneer. <laughs> I got you. Yes. So what did you, okay, so so in your master, okay, how did you get to beer? Let's just get there. Like, how yeah, did you, how did you get yeah. There? Okay, so master's, got an advertising job out of that. Okay. Was really upfront with the advertising folks. Like, I know I want to be a professor someday. Okay. I just don't know when that day is. Okay. So that day came sooner than expected. Um, just practical practical conversation with my husband do uh-huh. we get a phd before or after a kid so we got a phd during a kid during, which yeah. is maybe not the best decision but i love him so that's all that matters your um, husband or the kid <laughs> i still love them both okay it's yeah, early. Maybe super, year. super loaded question how old is the kid 18 months and how long have you been married uh Five, plenty of time, plenty yeah. of time for things to change. Yes. <laughs> well, Brian and I both got our PhDs while in the midst of having children, so we survived. Sometimes You'll I'm still it. surprised. Supportive fine. spouse, It'll what matters, fine. right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So at uh, DU, I studied film. Okay. I studied the television show Madam Secretary. Was okay. interested in like the political, fictional part of politics yeah, and yeah. how that can influence our decisions and things like that. Okay. So that's why I went into CU doing, okay. and then I just. Like, I didn't talk to my husband once during all the masters about what I was studying. I talked to him. I just didn't talk to him about yeah. what I was studying. Yeah. And so I was like, how can I get him? How can I still have a relationship in this in this world, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. And so we love beer. We've been drinking. I was trying to remember this morning what my first beer in Colorado was. Okay. And it was a wheat. Wow. I just don't remember where it was from. So let me just interrupt for yeah, one second and point out thing? to all of our female listenership, which... What is that at? Like three now? Maybe four? Yeah, definitely not our Four after Katie others. listened this morning. But ladies and gentlemen, if your marriage is not struggling per se, but maybe you need some maybe you need to find something to talk about. It sounds like wives and husbands should be offering to share a more more beer? passionate love of beer. <laughs> yes. Beer. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Crack a crack a cold one and Try not to wake the baby up and have a conversation. It is a good thing, though. You know, I mean, uh, we were just in Belgium and in Brussels, and it was my wife's idea several nights. She's like, we're in Belgium. We have to have some Belgian beer. So it was like uh, kind of an exploration for two or three nights just to find some crazy-ass stuff at bottle shops. Definitely. Nice. It is kind of a cool thing to share, for sure. So so how did you two, I mean, how did you get into beer prior to moving here? I mean, obviously craft beer is something that you two shared, but what was it? 
No, I was no beer before okay. I moved here. So I moved oh, to Colorado wow. eight years ago. And I remember when I moved in, like almost exactly eight years ago. And when I moved into my apartment, my friends, they drove me out from Ohio. And so they were sleeping in the in the thing, in the, my apartment. And I was just like, I got it. Like, I'm here. I got to go do something. And so I went to Target. I was like, well, I'm going to buy some Coors Light because I'm living in like when the in Rome. capital forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so let's do this. And uh, I drink with... Yeah. Uh, um. <laughs> no offense taken. No. no, no, no. It's 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 a light beer. Right? Yeah. And then I got into wheats after that, and then IPAs, and then now I'm a barrel aged stout fan, and ah, all the things, you know. Yes. So it's just the transformation. The evolution of Katie. Yeah. That's, that's pretty that's sweet. Awesome. And and it's beer. been short enough in terms of drinking years that she can actually track the trajectory unlike some of us and some of our fans yes that is true true. so did you move to boulder for grad school or did you commute yeah so i lived in denver because i went to u and then my husband lived in we weren't married he lived in when we started dating he lived in boulder and so then i ended up moving to boulder to be with him and worked in ad agencies there and then we applied to see you and went there were you working for beer companies no 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 let me ask you this you keep saying we when it comes to your phd like was this a a tag team effort or you both got phds at the same time oh my gosh or just everything you do is collective now so for my husband imagine like the furthest thing from an academic he's a chemist but not like not into like breaking bad chemist or maybe in his dreams okay. you know not like uh not not really not like um, the purest blue meth but no, like no he like spot remover and stuff uh, yeah. oh, okay. nothing okay. too crazy but yeah he's kind of by the book chemist got his bachelor's he's good from there not doesn't have any yeah. desire to do anything for that but we because i mean there's no way i could have done this by no myself. no no that's why i'm asking though yeah. like i didn't know if he was getting a phd as well yeah or no to, to no. Help to take the tests for you, or uh, you know. I wish, I wish. Did some writing. No, yeah. no. Did some beer tasting, writing of the stories Doing with that. me. Yeah. It's yeah. the thing about academia. It is kind of a wee thing because the jobs are kind of tough to find. Yep. Grad school's tough to get into, especially. So you I do have, know. have a partner who can kind of travel with you. I mean, Brian's a great example, right? Yeah. Like yeah. moved to yeah. Michigan for uh, a, a professor job, and Jill followed. So yeah, I mean, it's it, it really. It does matter. It, it does. does. Matter. It's like a, it's a commitment from everybody in, oh, the, yeah. in the family, for sure. So, so you're working at the ad agency. Um, obviously, beer is fun. Beer is interesting. There's plenty to discuss and talk about. But when you're going to decide to study something, it becomes almost a passion. Yeah. What was it about beer that got you, what made you passionate about beer? So I knew probably one year into the program, PhD okay. program, I didn't want to do the Madam Secretary stuff anymore. I'm, I want okay. to talk to students about it. I think it's really cool, yeah. but I don't want to study that for the rest of my life. Okay. Um, not that what we pick we have to study for the rest of our lives, but you kind of sell that to schools when you're doing interviews, oh, yeah. you know. Um, and so I, we did so many New Belgium tours because free and you get lots of beer yes and, why and the they're not? the og yeah it was amazing and you get to go down a slide why not um I've this was pre-kids it. you never did down one. a slide no, i don't remember i don't remember the slide yeah. yeah the slide at the end i've heard that before too yeah yeah, yeah. yeah good slide but anyways huh. um and so i really fell in love with their like community and employee relations and all of these things everyone being uh-huh. a part of this and so that's originally what i was going to study and then they sold out 
And so Man. then it became this thing of like, okay, what does being a craft brewery mean? Like, how is being a craft brewery authentic or inauthentic? And what do all these craft brewers think of all of this and all of these things? So what's your, okay, now I gotta, let's get nerdy for yeah. a second. Are it. you kind of organizational calm? Like, like mm-hmm. where are you drawing from to start taking that perspective on beer? Is yeah. it the yeah. rhetoric? Is it the org comms? Is it the culture? Critical theory. Okay. Yeah. 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 So Same. my program is very, very heavy critical theory. Um, and I mean, it's heavy in the sense that like all of the professors know critical theory and yeah. are talking about it and stuff. But if you don't want to do it, that's fine. Yeah. But I fell in love with it. Okay. Um, and I got the certificate and all of that. Okay. So all of the Karl Marx and the Adornos and all of these things of the world are speaking to me. Yes. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with this? Um, and so it was really one uh, Facebook post. And I tried to find it before I came here. But Facebook gets mad when I scroll too far back in a brewery's uh, web page. <laughs> it gets, like, really mad. It's like, you're, like, on timeout for 48 hours. Wow. Are you um, serious? Yeah. 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 Like, you I can't do that on Facebook? Like, I've, I've never like an algorithm so thing. I was trying to go back to, like, 2018, I think it was, okay. when Dem- Denver Beer posted. Hey, Zuckerberg, like, are you hearing this? Yeah. Yeah. Stop. The metaverse is fucking with us. <laughs> they can't talk about the abortion ban either. Oh, really? It came out, yeah, Facebook said, or Meta said you can't. Yeah, camping. Discuss it. Camping. Camping. Yeah. No timestamps, oh by the way. Gosh, wow. It's for another conversation, probably yeah, off yeah, after that's, we I was going to say, we can't <laughs> record yeah, yeah, that no, interview. <laughs> okay, so you can't scroll through Facebook, but. Continue. Yeah. So Denver Beer posted something that was just like, we're heartbroken. Like, you were a part of us. Why did you do this? And yeah. so that's where it was kind of like, okay, what is going About on? About New Belgium. World? Yeah. Oh. What is going on? And it wasn't, they, I don't believe, that's why I tried to go find it. I don't believe they called them out. Right. They didn't attack the them or though. specifically name them. Yeah. They may oh. have, They might have named Kieran, but I'm not positive about that. Very interesting. Um, so that was when I was just like, hey, advisor, what is this? Yeah. What can we do with this? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah, let's go for it. So that's where I kind of went. So that was the beginning. That was the beginning. Of, uh, yeah. And then let's go down the path. Yeah. Okay, what, what was your hypothesis? Like, what was, you know, what, what were you trying to prove? Oh, she's got a notebook. She does. I feel like, you know, this is a podcast interview. <laughs> Technically, we almost <laughs> never do research. Um, so the fact that you came oh more prepared God. than we did is like a right super now. positive thing. You that know what? Amazing. Okay. Yeah, get a picture. That's, that's, oh, awesome. <laughs> yes. There's Katie's notebook. Yeah. We made it. Um, so the like big research question was, what are the ways that craft culture is informed by authenticity narratives, and how is it related to narratives of selling out? Okay. So what are Adorno say? What is our Adorno saying? What is um, Richard Sennett saying yeah, about yeah. craftsmen? What is William Morris saying about all yes. the 19th century? 19th century? That sounds yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I wrote. Um, and so, what are all these people saying, and how does it apply to what we think of as craft beer? It's pretty clear, right? I mean, the through yeah. line's there. It yep. makes, I should try talking in my own microphone. Oh, you're good. So, you wanted to, basically, it was you were on a, a kind of journey. Yeah. You knew that there was something there, and you wanted to begin unpacking it, all of that. What was your big theory? Like, what was your big theorist? What was, your pers- what was the angle? What was yeah, the tool? Yeah, so, the big thing that came out was that we can't... I mean, so being tied to critical theory and kind of having this mindset going in, you're like kind of anti-capitalist, but also realizing that you're studying something that is a major part of capitalism. Um, And so that was kind of what came, what I hypothesized, I guess, and what really came out of it was, hey, they're craft breweries are tied to capitalism and there's only so much they can do yeah. in order to be community friendly in order to be um 
I don't know, not not to take over gentrified spaces and things, all of those yeah. sorts of things. Employee owned and yeah. I mean just all the benefits of a craft culture basically deteriorate because of the need to invest in capitalism or, yep. or to yep. participate. And God, how, ba- how bad is New Belgium an example of that, I suppose, right? Yeah, yeah. I So I never really went into that because my sample set was like random hundred samples and I only looked at social media and so I hope to interview breweries and whatnot coming out of this. Um, so I didn't get to pick like, because I really wanted to talk to Sweetwater because yeah. they have like a huge tagline that's like, hey, no. Um, what is their tagline? I meant to write that down because they're massive now yeah it's basically like independence is best I, it's not that but well, it's something along those lines and stone just announced that they were selling out oh, really? last who's, week who's buying stone i, I want to say sapporo uh, so there's i mean like let's see what's going on here right kieran buys new belgium i guess that's been four years but then you hit pause for COVID, and then you have another major asian beer buying another North American staple yep. in the craft industry, a long-term staple too. Stone's been around for ever, so definitely. Um, let's let's. I want to go back a little bit. Can you, professor, <laughs> doctor, uh, doctor? <laughs> what? What? No, in all seriousness, because I don't have a grasp on this as much as I wish that I did. Why is it that we need to kind of have this independent craft identity? Yep. Whether that be as a baker, whether that be as a brewer, whether that be as a anybody, right, yeah. that has the, a musician. What is it about the human condition that needs to separate ourselves from this kind of mass-produced So world? I went back as far as the 19th century okay. arts and crafts movement. I didn't go back further than that. But really just this anti-industrialism. Uh-huh. Um, like industrialization, excuse me. Um, and so, like, from the from the beginning in the 19th century, like William Morris was like, hey, no, we are different. We're oppositional to what's happening industrially. And so crafts means using your hands. Craft means all of these things. And so the one thing that I really call out, um, because I'm looking at my dissertation from a branding perspective, this advertising perspective. And so all of these breweries that have these TikTok videos and these pictures on Instagram that are them like stirring with a paddle in the mash time. And you're like, you're doing nothing. It's just a photo op. Like what, wait, what? Why are you showing, you know, or like squeezing lemons and limes by hand? Why? Why are you trying to like create this sort of image? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, like, yeah. I mean, it really is, right? I mean, you're you're. It's almost like posturing. I was gonna say posturing. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yeah. And then there were like examples where there was paragraphs, long stories on about pages of, hey, this sign we got down the road at this old gas station, and here's the story behind the sign, and this thing was collected from an old farmer and Uh here's the story of this and it's just like once again why why Why? are you and so that's why i want to talk to breweries and just be like who are you telling this story for are you telling the story to be different to be independent sell this independent story or are you a pessimist by nature oh I don't know. Or is it just the more you read into this, the more you realize that it is pandering it's and posturing. Right? Being a, I mean, and, and as a professional. Well, and let me just make the point, and maybe this is totally way off base here, but the simple fact that these folks are using Instagram and Facebook to market themselves yeah. is 
the polar opposite of craft, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a, is it that's not? A great point. I mean, so but then I go into a whole part of my dissertation where I talk about like the labor of craft. Okay. So that's a new expectation. Where if we go to the farmers market and we see someone selling artisanal mustard, we expect to be able to go to a website and see more about that mustard, or to go to okay. their Instagram page and see where they're going to be next, or you know, where we expect that from from the consumer side. God, how bad are we? We have a craft podcast and we have a website we do we're totally posturing always yeah <laughs> what isn't it it's kind of ironic though that craft beer is connected to hard work or craft is hard work as if the people working at Coors aren't busting their some of the hardest working folks I know I don't understand yeah. you know, like there's no difference from the Amish furniture maker in Kelowna Iowa from the right. guy, I'm trying to think where I grew up at Han Industries, who's making a desk on a line, right? Yeah. It's still it's still hard. Like yeah. It's not, yeah. yeah. Bespoke versus mass produced, it's still a process and it still takes yeah. Yeah. And you brains and, and, and yes. yeah. There's still hands on work, yeah. No, you're pessimist, optimist. I was thing. mostly teasing. No, it's, I mean, it's totally fair. I mean, I think getting a PhD makes you a pessimist. But oh, okay. Just, but Ooh. no, I think that, I mean, I was raised to be an optimist. My I, my parents truly believed in the American dream. Mm-hmm. I don't anymore, but... <laughs> but um, well, you I seemed super believe. optimistic when we started this conversation. Yeah, I know. And, and then, then I just go all downhill. I talk about my dissertation. It's all good. You're Did it get you the degree? Yeah. Okay, then I'm not really yeah. worried oh, about that. Matters. Yeah. 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 What is it... What, what, all right, so I mean, you got what's down on paper. You've got the dissertation, but but we really want to know what's you know we want to pick your brain. You are now an expert about this. <laughs> Do you think brewers really buy into that craft thing? Do you think that if we no okay <laughs> no you don't no. Like, I, would you put a percentage on it? Like, no, 90% I not. of them don't? Or? See, the problem, so before I started my dissertation, I was taking, like, a, some sort of quantitative research class. And yeah. so I did, like, a survey. Why the hell do they make us take those? I know, uh, Nobody I know. cares about numbers. Make yeah. sure you don't fuck up the research for your paper, right? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't need a PhD We're to explain bankers, that to you. you know, you just take I will say math was my favorite classes in high school, though. So, but I don't handle finances in our house, so you can take what you want. You're you're a a humanities professor. There's not a lot of finances to manage, so you're totally fine. It's true. There's not much money. (laughs) The management of zero is still zero. Exactly. (laughs) Totally true. Um, No, I. So I took this class and I was uh, researching authenticity and craft beer in like a quantitative way, and so I put out this survey. And I'm from Ohio, and so a whole bunch of people in Ohio took it and a whole bunch of people in Colorado took okay. it like 70 75 people total and the, the just the line was completely drawn on like everyone in Ohio were just like no we drink to have fun we drink for all these things and everyone in Colorado was like no we drink for the flavor we drink for the sociability of the tap room and all the, and so it's really hard to like put a number on things when I have very different experiences of beer you know okay um yeah I don't know. I don't, wouldn't put a number on on how many be, truly believe in this dream and how long it takes for the dream to just kind of to go away. Yeah. Is, is that is the I guess is the thread of craft? Is that something that comes from the home brewing beginnings of craft beer? Because again, it doesn't make you talk to any craft brewer as we have. They appreciate what. It, what a, a Coors Light tastes like, even though it's you know mass produced, but there's a there's a 
science and an art to making that beer taste the same way yep. every time. Every time, every it. place, everywhere it's brewed. And my God, if you were to JBF and send it to somebody, their heads would explode. But, you know, how many craft brewers have we interviewed on this podcast who owe their careers yep. to a foundation at Coors Brewing? Yep. Oh, yeah. For sure. I could name five right off the top for of sure. my head. For so sure. It's, it's a very... A, I had no idea we were going to be unpacking so much philosophical shit No, it's shit great. Today. This is good shit. My head, it's for a Monday. This is a lot. <laughs> it hey, is right, a lot. So what do you think? I mean, what, I mean, what's your take on it? Is, it? is it... So I think it's important, and I think everyone believes it's important. And the reason I say that is because Budweiser keeps putting out these documentaries that are like, hey, this is how we are. Have really? you seen these documentaries? No, I haven't oh seen them. Oh, my gosh. I think they're on Hulu. Cause I don't remember the names of them. Keep going. Yeah. Because I want to come back to that in so a second. So one of them is about one of the documentaries. One's like about the history of some sort of beer. It's Don't watch that one. But then the other one is pretty good. I think it's called Masters of Something. And they go through all of the, the process of testing Bud Light, I believe it is, and how they have these internal competitions where these brewers from different countries um, test the send their product in, and they test it to, to find purity of product. Wow. Okay. And so they make their product seem so crafted and so pure, and so and so it is. Since everyone's trying to claim this, it is important. Interesting. But I don't know how important it is when you're trying to run a business and you're trying to keep your employees paid and all of these yeah. things, what what aspects of craft actually matter at that point versus when you start the business and you say, hey, I homebrewed or hey, I had this this background and I wasn't enjoying myself on the craft or on the, the lines. The commercial side. Yeah, yeah. Is that the only other distinction in this in this environment then is craft or commercial? Or is there some sort of middle ground? There has to be a middle ground, right? Nobody I, nobody wants to raise their hand and admit no, it, it seems like, though. But there has to be the craft folks that are in it for the business. Right. And I think the one thing that, that came out of that, which also gets to your pessimist optimist thing, is both At my husband and I... At least she's smiling when know, she said that. I know. Both my husband and I together wrote, read Josh Noel's uh, Barrel Aged Out and Selling Out uh -huh. about Goose Island. That's where my next line of questions were to come okay. from, so I'm really excited now. So we read it at the same, or around the same time, and he was he had a very different take on it than, than I did. Mine was like, no, these people from the beginning, you're reading this story, and from the beginning, you're seeing that they're in it for the business. They're going to sell out. Like, the first generation, clear. yeah. Yeah. Agreed. It's very clear what's going to happen. They're not trying, I mean, maybe in the basement, they're trying to make some of these cool beers, but they're trying to make money, and that's what they're doing. Um, and so I just wonder, like... How much of a everyday brewer is are those two things kind of? And what did your husband see when he read that book? A pretty story about a craft an brewery that got lucky, yeah, and made it yeah. big and sold, and only did it because they couldn't pass the opportunity. And then his son sold out again, and I think well, he kind of saw more. Of my <laughs> what's screwed up about that story, though, is. How we understand Goose Island outside of the Chicagoland area is so different than what Chicago beer drinkers. But I didn't know shit about them. That selling out allowed Goose Island to do some crazy stuff, yeah. and they still do. I mean, people go there because of what they're doing. Oh yeah. Because they are funded by you know 312 and you know their IPA and all that stuff. They can do that. Yep. And they can do all these crazy ass things with yep. in beer, and yeah, it's just you know we don't care as much as. We think. 
you know? And I think this came in, in conversation a lot in my interviews with, yeah. with schools when I was um, looking for professor jobs was, do you think it's a regionalism thing? And I think it is, and I haven't looked into that, so I can't speak too much to that, but like, New Belgium sold out, so do we not like them in Colorado, but everyone else doesn't care? Do, Goose Island sold out, sell out, and so Chicago didn't like them, and then everyone. Whereas, yeah, them. the people that could buy Goose Island on the West Coast all of a sudden yep. didn't even click. Yep. It's funny that you ask that and you say that. We're I assholes in Colorado. We, I guess we care, but then I remember driving back to Iowa to see my parents like three or four years ago. I just wanted some IP, an IPA, <laughs> and the only you know I stopped at Casey's, Casey's General Store. The only thing on there was was Goose Island IPA, and it's like you yeah. know. I would have been an elitist, you know, craft prick uh, until I walked into that store. That's all I could get. That's what I'm gonna buy because I'm not gonna buy Bud Light. Like it's so, it's like, God, we we really. I I, I can't wait to, to you know. You got to make this into a book because somebody needs to write a book about this. We got to make sure we give you our Rolodex because there's a lot of. I mean, yeah. Charlie would Charlie Berger would love to talk to you. Like Charlie was talking about this for days. Yeah, yeah. for days. Char- well. And Tony, who used to work with me at Bank of the West, yeah. that was the CFO yeah. at Goose Island before they sold out. I mean, yeah. that guy had amazing stories. You'll never talk to Weldworks, though. I don't think that Weldworks is oh, I just had a chat with uh, a mutual friend, not our mu- mutual friend, yeah. but a mutual friend about Weldworks. They're written into my dissertation they, are on they? a story about one of their tours. when they We did two of their, I think, three or four tours okay. before COVID happened. Okay. But once again free. Yeah, you, you have get a to, do you, you have to do it. You got to do it. When you're on student salary, a free media noche, heck yes. yeah. Um, but yeah, that was back when gas it. prices were in the 2 to 3 dollar range, right. not the 5 dollar range. True. Yeah. And we lived in Boulder then. Oh, see. Yeah. So yeah. You're very close. Yeah. yeah. All right, what's what, what what's what's COVID done to this crafty craft craft talk? Has it did it did our drinking habits over the first few months of COVID impact our understanding of growth. And I don't really approach that because I don't approach the individual consumer too much. More like a general, this is what our expectations are of craft as consumers. Um, But I don't approach it too much. Personally, I, there were three weeks of COVID where I was drinking during every class, going with my coffee mugs, you know, it was great. And then I found out I was pregnant, which was awesome, (laughs) but it was the end of all of, and so for COVID for me personally, it just was no drinking. And so it's hard for me from a personal standpoint to say like, I went crazy after everything opened or I didn't. Um, But yeah, I'm curious to see what people think and what's happened. How about you two? Has, did it change you? I mean, I guess in talking to folks, you know, Charlie, we kind of lean on Charlie from Denver Beer Co. a lot to to provide insight Insight for us. Insight and info, yeah. Um, It was, it was, we saw in those early months the beginning of that kind of 12 can variety pack yeah. that everybody started I doing. About that. And yeah. I think that um, it kind of put, you know, Odell, I think people would consider it almost selling out. Now they became, I mean, there's more Odell on the shelf now. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Upslope is another one that people thought, ah, uh, you know, their beer, it's, they, you know, it's mass produced and kind of, no, they're, now they've got variety, pa- Denver Beer Co. now yep. has bigger space. Um, I mean, I went into King Supers the other day and I'll tell you what, they've changed their selection to really limit 
those smaller uh, craft beers that you could get there six, seven it's, months it's ago. Not, yeah, it's not as prevalent in King Supers anymore. No. I think, honestly, for us, we saw an increase because we used COVID as a platform to encourage craft drinking. Yes. Um, but it was really, I'm not going to lie, fellow listeners or, or, or favorite listeners, it was, a, it was an easy out for us to continue to make the podcast, right? Yeah. Was, yeah. was to position as, hey, we're going to help you push your push your craft brewery and we're going to help encourage people to support your craft brewery Definitely. because we're going there and not paying for beer. When um, I remember we spent $27 on a crowler of cerebral at small batch and that just I now when I think about that I'm just like oh yeah. my gosh and we stocked up we've now drank through our our your Seller. COVID rations. Yes. Um, but we stocked up on so many media noches and so many of these yeah. beers that we would not have spent that much money on beer if we could have went there. And, you know, and plus there was a part where it was like, well, I want some of that media noche and I'm pregnant. So we need save to it. Yeah. 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 Well, but what about it, too, was the genuine fear early on that. Weldworks and Media Noche yeah. may not survive this. And yeah. that's what it came down to, right? Coors Brewing, my neighbor that works at Coors, that asshole kept going to work every day. Yeah. I mean, and I he's not an asshole, but he <laughs> got up every day and he kept going to work during COVID. But I don't know how they got away with it. You look at the guy up the street, who was the guy, Strange Craft, and oh, the yeah, other yeah, guy yeah, in my Tim, neighborhood yep. from uh, Ken Carroll, they both, they were shut down, right? Yep. Like they could only have one person in the brewery at a time and all this bullshit. So it was, that's as much, I think, political economical thing as it was anything else but but that's why people supported craft we want to see these guys succeed yeah. whereas we know course is going to succeed yeah. we know bud is going to succeed we now probably assume that new belgium are set for the future and so is stone at this point with their recent acquisition so but i am curious about those grocery store sales you know yeah. at the beginning when you only want to go out once you want to go out once every two weeks and you want to yeah. and so i'm wondering like did the new belgiums and the oscar blues and all these people make a lot more money then because you were at the grocery store and you could just pick it all up there mm -hmm. and prost all of these yeah. places um but then you've seen i mean we love beer stats and you get it canned now. Like, that was a cool that thing. That was not supposed to ever be the deal either, no, right? No, And so that's a cool thing that's happened post-COVID. And so there's little things like that where it's like, well, this is great that this is something that we're going to keep going or how Cerebral really exploded their outdoor seating during COVID. And that's something that they've kind of saved. And that's just really cool. Well, and ratio was divided on whether or not they were going to can beer, right? Yeah. And... Scott was like, that's five years down the road. And Jason was like, no, I'm a Coors man. We can beer. Yeah. Ratio's going to can beer. And then coming out of COVID, every conversation I have, hey, we moved to canning way ahead of schedule mm -hmm. because we had to. So. And the cool community aspect of beer that I just think is really cool, like when Falling Rock was still in... in Together. Still, yeah, yeah, there wasn't sorry. a bunch of when you could go there. <laughs> when you weird could still trash thrown and whatever in like it's called chalk now. Chalk paintings. Yeah. On the, it's very oh strange. God, I haven't walked yeah, by apparently. It's not great. Yeah, not great. It's, it's it's quite the scene. Sad, um, huh? But when Ooh. they like you saw all of this outreach and this outpouring of breweries and donating of canning stuff and things like that, that was just really cool to watch because I know there's a lot of that happens behind the scenes where hey, you're starting a new brewery. Hey, we're gonna help you out. I know that a lot of that happens behind the scenes with breweries, but when those things are actually happening like for the consumer on social media and you're seeing it it's just really cool agreed 
I wonder. I'm now. I just. I mean, your head's spinning, maybe, isn't no, it? No, I think maybe we co-write something on this. It would be really interesting. <laughs> oh, that was the angle all along. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Doctor Samuel J. Yeah. Hey, hey, I will help you by typing this. Yeah, you yeah, write yeah, it out, yeah, and yeah. I will type it. Type and it by type it, I mean I will have my seven-year-old yeah, type exactly. it for you. Those of you that actually know Doctor J have. This does not come expect, as a shock. I think we came to expect uh, consistency over COVID. I think we did. I think, I think, consistency. what I mean is, you know, I, arguably there were six months. Well, there were two really hard months where we went to the liquor store, we bought stuff, but we knew it was going to taste like, we knew, it, you know, again, drank a lot of Odell IPA and I knew it was always going to taste that way. I just knew it. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, um, that meant that when things opened back up, those breweries who made beer that didn't always taste good, they got really kind of spotlighted. And they were already on their way out. I mean, yeah. Tim and I, we've talked about this with Tim. We've talk, I've talked about this with Ken Heyer. Those, that, that's what crazy. That's what crazy. Yeah, that's what is crazy about COVID. We thought it was going to close down the good breweries. I would argue no. It just expedited it the, the process death, for those ones who are done for the bad yes. ones. Yes. And there are a couple that we both can agree on were yes. circling the drain to begin with. Absolutely. And I think that God um, rest their souls. You know, it, it, the smart ones too have realized that as we open our doors back up, we can can like a beer stat and that beer stat and that beer is going to taste the same. But also, I need to have an offering on my tap that is available to everybody, even if you don't drink beer, right? So yeah. now I've got a wine, or I've got a barley wine, kombucha. or I've got a kombucha, yeah. or I've got a hard kombucha. These guys have yes, a CBD or, seltzer. Yes, or a seltzer. Yeah. Hats off that to is Willie. so, so, so important. And it's, the risk is so low. And I wonder, I guess, let me ask you, just kind of, you know, thinking, you know, you're, with your research, do you think that will impact a brand? Or is it, have we accepted it as consumers, that that is just the way things are? Just, I mean, just wondering. I think it's a great point. I, okay, so I love Weldworks, okay. um, but I went back there post-pregnancy, and this also may just be a pregnancy taste buds changing thing. I couldn't drink most of their beers. They were very sweet. They were very, they were very overwhelming. And there was a Kolsch, I think, on tap, and uh, maybe like a, a, a juicy bits, okay. like a okay. version yeah. of juicy bits. Um, and I enjoyed those. But then the other three on my tasting flight were like a watermelon goza and things that I just yeah. was not feeling. And I, so I don't want to like speak. Maybe it was a pre-pregnancy thing. But then I looked around me, and a lot of the clientele was younger. Yeah. Then, and I'm not that old, but yeah. younger than I was. Um, and so I don't. I think that maybe, and I this is hypothesizing. Yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's like an entry to younger folks because I know I met a grad student. I met a grad student from DU. I was teaching at DU uh, one class. I met her at Cerebral and okay. I was thinking, oh, she's going to love this. Like Cerebral has awesome tap yeah. list. And she ordered the hard kombucha that they had on tap. And I was just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know? So, but yeah. But she's 23 and okay. I'm 30. Tastes so. evolve too, right? New yeah. Belgium was a college brewery and they made a specific kind of beer that catered to a specific kind of college student 25 or 30 years ago. And it was sustainable, right? It had staying power. Weldworks is a college town brewery uh, in a different kind of college town. 
and I think they have a different demographic anyway. So yeah, you and they know. both still had their ins. Like I don't think Media Noche is approachable for someone who's 23, and I don't think that the Food or Forest is approachable for someone that's 23. You know, this and so they still had beer. those things. Yeah. But I can't go to Wellworks and responsibly have a flight of Media Noches. Like that's just not gonna work no. for me. You know, no. and same at New Belgium or uh, another place. I would also kind of if we're gonna think on the other end of the spectrum. I do think that beer drinkers as a whole have expanded their palate. I don't know if it's because of COVID, but they've expanded their palate in ways that I don't think that I really assumed or presumed they were going to. What have you about you know the the Coors Light drinker or the Bud Light drinker? You know the my dad right the the Miller Light drinker. They've there are a lot of folks that have slowly said, okay, I want to drink a Pilsner. Yep. That's a craft pilsner, yeah. or I'm willing to drink. Even a blue, I think blue moon played a huge part in this, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. it's a little bit more complex. And how much of that is the brewery, though? Because complex. Being several years word. ago, we know that when we started this, to have a lager or a pilsner on tap was rather taboo, right? Yeah. They, they, it was it was beneath a lot of brewers. It was too easy, right? You said it was the quickest beer to make, or, yeah. or the hardest. It was, it's hard, but it's still yeah. hard, yeah. right? Yeah. But it was yeah. quick. Yeah. You know, and that was the debate. But then the brewers have come around, whether it's because guys like your dad want a craft yeah. pilsner instead of a, a yeah. commercial pilsner, or it's because that was the next big thing. Yeah. And I think that's part of it, right? Craft yeah. or commercial, they're always looking out for the next big thing. Yeah. Well, and when you were talking about these boxes that craft breweries made, the big breweries were also making the industrial yeah. breweries. I my uncle bought one of the I think it was twenty five days of Christmas that Bud okay. Light made, and so it had or yeah, Bud Light I believe and or what Anheuser Busch sure. yeah. Um, but it had some Goose Island in there. It had some other things in there. What's the mango cart one? It had that in there. It had all these these beers, and uh, he sent the ones that he didn't like to us. <laughs> and so I'm just like sampling all these beers. Um, but if you think about something like that, where your dad buys it because he's like hey this is cool and sam's coming home yeah. i'm gonna see what he thinks about all these and so he kind of tastes them with you yeah. that's that's in certain ways the anheuser-busch the kieran's the supporters of the world are they making more craft consumers and that's a, another huge question i want to ask at some mm-hmm. point um but i don't know how to ask it <laughs> uh, what, what do you want to do now this oh, is where I was going to, yeah. yeah. What, what happens like, now? You're no, no, leaving. Oh, you've like moving forward. I thought you meant yeah, this no. conversation. No, 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 no. You've taken this professor job. What are you yeah. going to teach? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm teaching, at, I'm assistant professor of media and communication, okay. um, but they're hoping to do something with Stratcom. So okay. developing a minor, a certificate, a major. And something. where is this going to be at? Greensboro College in Greensboro, North Carolina. Okay. And I can't help but point out that outside of Denver, the greater North Carolina area is huge, rather hotbed huge for beer, beer right? Place. I mean, yeah. yeah, True is uh, opening its next location there. Uh, oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. That's me. I'm the Golden Ale. Where, that's me. Where at in North Carolina are they opening? Uh, I think they're trying to open in Asheville, if I remember correctly. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. True. Are they? What's uh, homie's name from True? I don't know. Yeah, you do. We've tried to get true on the uh, show, the yeah. old pod, Wh- many times. Yeah, why did I? Uh, oh, because I worked with him. Yeah, because you're a banker. You got the yeah, money. Yeah, I know people. Gosh. Flat out was told, stop chasing breweries today for work. 
you obviously have a lot of passion. I mean, beyond yeah. teaching at Greensboro College, what, what's going to happen with this dissertation? I mean, is the yeah. and this is the kind of stuff that a brewery pays a lot of money to yeah. have a one-day workshop with a PhD and says. So I mean, part of me, and this was a pre-COVID dream, pre-pregnancy yeah. dream too. So I wanted to like go get a job because we live in the part of Rhino where we're a five-minute walk from Great Divide, and so yeah. I wanted to just get a job at Great Divide and kind of just yeah. like collect consumer data and kind of do that sort of thing. And so that would still be fun. I'm a mom now, so I don't know how applicable that is yeah. like if i can get a part-time job or volunteer at the the bar or something on saturdays you'd be um, surprised yeah yeah so that would be fun to do something like that and, yeah. and collect consumer research there i also just want to interview breweries burial i 100 percent need to talk to in Asheville. Okay. they're doing all sorts of things that are very big on their website for the community that yeah. i just need to know about yeah um because gentrification is one of the big things i want to research okay. is what role are breweries playing in gentrification, but also what are they doing to combat that? Um, being in academia, one of my biggest pet peeves is reading off some sort of statement about our land and where we're taking things from, but then not making any moves mm -hmm. after that. Um, and so I want to both encourage breweries in a certain way to get back to the communities that they're taking from in a certain way, even if they weren't the the people who took mm -hmm. from the them. taker yeah even if they weren't the taker to to acknowledge that um and think about okay well can we can we hire more black or hispanic folks yeah. into our brewery what what can we do to to make a difference here um and i say that as a white woman living in rhino living in an apartment that was once on the industry yeah, it's like, all right i know these things does your apartment have a dog wash in it no oh, okay Intent matters. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's yeah, we no longer have a dog, though, so oh. he passed away. I'm sorry. This whole theory of gentrification is interesting to me because yeah. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, breweries were shoved off in the corner and they, they yeah. you know, they were located in rundown, abandoned commercial complexes. And, oh, yeah. and in Colorado specifically, right, the big fight was whether they could get land or commercial space that was otherwise better suited for weed let's face <laughs> it i mean that's exactly right? I mean, yeah. we're kind of a different animal here because of yeah. that economic yeah. component yeah that, that, well that, and that's, that's why north point. carolina is interesting because unc was built by slaves and so i'm, I'm gonna be living in durham because my husband's chemist gonna be working in the research triangle okay. um so i'm anticipating a lot of pushback studying this in that area because of this history and because of wanting yeah. to distance yourself from this history, you know, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens and, and kind of what what goes from it. Yeah. But that's really where I want to go. And um, yeah, but then I also am curious about just reading more back in the history of why your question, why is independence so important to us? Um, and I only went back as far as the late 1800s, yeah. so that's all I know. But how much is beer going to tie into your curriculum curriculum as a professor at Greensboro? That's hard. It really is. Because in a lot of... At Greensboro College, I'll be teaching only undergrads. And so almost none of them can drink. Oh, um, that's a challenge. And it's something that I talked to when I was in interviews. I talked to about like study abroad trips and things like this. And the, the professors were just kind of like, oh, well, we'll have to figure out what that means to like, do a study abroad in Germany because can we legally send 19-year-olds where they can drink? And you're talking, you know, like all of these questions yeah. where like if you plan something surrounded by beer, 
but where they're from, they can't, you know? So wow. it's a lot of bureaucracy, I am guessing. I'm going to have Sam's to Sam's in the to administration like, now, yeah, so he gets it. He's head of bureaucracy. He crossed the picket line. <clears throat> um, well, I would like to have a kind of off-air conversation. So I think, are there any other things you want to bring up? Katie, before we, we close it's up It's a shop. big notebook. I know, I know. I'm worried uh, she's going to fill it up after the interview with her uh, thoughts on the Unfiltered no, Podcast. Gotta, oh, I, I, I kind of forget, honestly, in talking to you, how uh, blue-eyed and bushy-tailed we were when we first started mm. doing these interviews. And I understand the, uh, maybe the, the kind of... Appeal? What's the word? No, no, I was thinking like, not, not the unwillingness, right? But just the kind of, uh, uh, the taking the risk to reach out to the brewer. Like, I get it, right? And I think we started there. And then once you just start, I would encourage oh, you. It's like you dominoes. Once you talking to them, like, yeah. and use and leverage your academic background. Yeah. Say, look, I'm a professor. Because brewers are smart. It was, they yeah, just it was easy for us once we got started because we had two really strong angles, right? Matt. Uh, Banking. Uh, yeah. Banking and, <laughs> and banking and marketing. Thank you. That's what I was trying to say when I said ma. Ah. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like we could knight Katie here as like our unfiltered East Coast oh, yeah, I think so franchise too. or yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah, Take some again, you know, back to Sam stealing yeah. the thunder on your next paper, but no. we could well, just brand the shit out of yeah. uh, Katie's <laughs> podcast out of Greensboro. We arguably, there's already now somebody who knows more about craft beer than the vast majority of our industry group that we have. Yeah, together. oh, for sure. Yeah, tomorrow's meeting is going to look like a bunch of idiots. Yeah, yeah, like somebody. <laughs> so so with that, um, Katie, thank you so much yeah. for joining thank us. Cheers. And uh, we will be sure to stay in touch, and we wish you the best as thank you me. move out to uh, to Greensboro. Thank yeah, you. Go awesome. Greensboro. What College. are they? What are they, though? Pride. Lions, maybe? Lions. That sounds Sorry, right. Greensboro right. College for not knowing that. Go Simba. You're gonna, gonna put that in your uh, your RTP portfolio. Yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait to we'll wait to release this until after you've started, yeah, so that <laughs> exactly. they're not offended. Thank you, Katie.